if you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. And we'll be camped out there uh, the rest of the evening. 1 Kings 19. Uh, why are you turning there? I'm going to just set up uh, this, w- tell you a quick over brief, overview, a brief overview of what happened right before this. So a lot of y'all are familiar with, uh, some of y'all may be familiar with these two stories. I'm going to tell you about what happened before 1 Kings 19 and, and 1 Kings 18. Um, uh, which some as uh, the Bibles refer to it as the contest on, on Mount Carmel, whenever uh, the prophet Elijah uh, challenged uh, 450 prophets of Baal. He actually called also 400 prophets of Ashtoreth um, that uh, that was under King Ahab and Jezebel. And he called all these these false prophets and said, "Hey, okay, once and for all." Because these are all people that were Israelites. And they said, once and for all, all you people, come see. You, you've been serving uh, Baal. He probably didn't say, come see. That's a Cajun term. I doubt he, uh, in Hebrew he said that. He may have, but I don't know. But we would have said, hey, come see. Okay? Let, let's find out who's the real God. So, so they had this contest. They built an altar. They had a bull. And, and, and Elijah challenged him and said, okay, y'all crowd to y'all God and, and ask for fire to come down. And I'll cry to my God, which is the, the true and living God, the God of the Bible. And we'll see whoever, whichever God rains down fire from heaven and burns up this offering is the real God. So the prophets of Baal started calling out to Baal, calling out to God from morning to noon. Then about at noon, uh, they start cutting themselves and, and whatnot. And, uh, and I love this story because if you read it, uh, uh, Elijah starts mocking him, and that's the part where I really love when he's like, hey, you might have to scream louder. He's a god. Maybe he can't hear you. And then they, they and what's funny is that they do. They start screaming louder. And then he's like, hey, you know what? You know, he might be like on a long trip, or the actual translation, he says, he might be in the bathroom, so you might need to holler a little bit louder. And so they keep on doing it, so Elijah's mocking them, obviously. Baal's a false god, so nothing happens. Elijah comes. He makes it even more difficult, pours all kind of water on the bull. There was a trench around it, filled up the trench, calls upon the Lord, says, hey, Lord, show yourself real to these people. Fire from heaven comes down immediately, burns up the offering, licks up all the water. Everybody falls on their face like, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Uh, and, and after this happens, uh, Elijah commands that all the prophets of Baal be captured and killed, and they were. And so that's the events leading up to what we're about to read. Now, I'm going to read a good chunk of the story. I'm going to read a few verses. Um, uh, you know, quite a few verses here because I want to read the whole story uh, to, to share and give you an overview. And then we're going to go back and, and break down how we can apply what happened here in Elijah's life. So, again, that's the setup of where we're about to read. Mighty victory, huge victory for, for, the, for the, the prophet Elijah and the Lord uh, in that day. And so we'll pick up in 1 Kings 19 verse 1. It says this. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But when he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him, touched him and said, get up. And eat some more, or the journey ahead of you will be too much. So he got up and ate and drank. 
and the food he gave him, the food and the food gave him enough strength to travel forty days and nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" Elijah replied, "I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, tore down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too." Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle voice. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, and he basically repeats the same thing. So then the Lord told him, uh, picking up in verse 15, and the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, son of Nimshah, to be the king of Israel. And anoint Elijah, son of Jophat, from the town of Abbeville, I think probably around Abbeville, somewhere around there, to replace you as prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is, is awesome. It's amazing. It's life-giving, life-changing. Lord, we, we just thank you again for your anointing and your presence, Lord. Lord, we, we don't want to live without your presence, Lord. Lord we don't want to live without your leading or guiding. Lord, we need you, Holy Spirit, tonight. We need your word to just permeate our hearts and just, just, to, uh, just fill us and, and, and ignite us with, with fresh passion and faith. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. So tonight, I pray as we, we hear the word, as we speak the word, faith would drop in us, Lord God, to just continue to draw more near to you than ever before. Holy Spirit, I need your help. I cannot do this on my own anoint me lead me and God may I bind up every distraction of the enemy in Jesus name I declare every plans of the enemy are canceled in Jesus name we take authority over the airwaves right now and we thank you Lord for your divine blessing in this place in Jesus name we pray amen you know, it's amazing that after God used Elijah to do such a mighty miracle, as I spoke of before with the offering and everything, and uh, it put all 450 prophets of Baal to shame and then put them to death. After all that, Elijah was scared of one woman. Now, given she was, you know, the king's wife and had a lot of power and stuff, but, but it was, it's interesting that after all this great victory, he was, he was so scared. He was greatly discouraged to the point that he wanted to die. And I just, I think it's so interesting. Right after the he wanted to die. He's like, Lord, I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm thinking, Elijah, you, man, you just, you're the man. You just did something. God usually do something awesome. But he felt in deep despair and discouragement to the point of, of wanting to die. You know, there's, there's times and seasons in our lives when, when things happen, uh, to us or to those our loved ones around us or things are happening where we become greatly discouraged it might not even be in your life personally uh it may be part of what's going on around right now even in our nation in our community and 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 whatnot and and the more you watch the news and you hear stuff you know you you, you may become discouraged or or whatnot 
Um, you know, and what's the crazy thing is, is that it could even be after a great breakthrough, like with Elijah. So even last night, how many of y'all were here last night, by the way, for the prayer service? It was, wasn't it amazing? I mean, like, I walked in here halfway through the first song. As soon as I got to the first row, like, I just sensed the presence of God instantly. I was just like, oh, my goodness. You know, and so, and that's great. We all got supercharged. And I hope again tonight you've been encouraged by worshiping with the body of Christ and in the Lord's presence. But it's amazing how this can happen even after a great event like that. I can remember uh, right after I got saved. I wasn't even on staff here yet. We were still, uh, I, was, I was, you know, still paying for a living. We were youth leaders in the youth. And I remember we went to a conference at Bethany, and it was, it was an amazing youth conference. I just remember, like, three nights. It was just Holy Ghost. It was so awesome. And I can remember I woke up the next morning after the conference was over, and I, maybe part of it is because I had to go back to work, you know. But, but I was tired, and I would, but that whole day I just felt like I, was, like I was in a funk, you know. There was just something that was on me that was, and it was weird. I remember not understanding it. And you know how God is so so faithful. I was like, man, I just had this incredible three days at this conference. We've seen all these teenagers getting lit up for Jesus and just wonderful things happening. And, and God is so faithful. I remember sitting in my truck that day for lunch and I was listening to a sermon and he starts preaching out of this, this passage. And he was just talking about sometimes after our greatest highs come our greatest lows. You know, and, and, and he, I remember him giving reasons why I don't remember all of it. And I'm not going to get into that, but there's just times, right? We all get those times, correct? You may, again, like Pastor Todd addressed it. He said he can sense in here Sunday that, you know, the, the congregation was heavy and with these things going on and whatnot. And if you saw the news, you know, just this week, you know, two bailiffs got killed in, in, uh, in, in Michigan, you know, so uh, inmate took his gun and, and killed two bailiffs right there in the courthouse. And, you know, so as we just continue to see this stuff happening, the best thing we can do during these times is draw near to the Lord. That's the absolutely best thing. And I want to talk to you tonight about the nearness of the Lord. I want to see how in, in this, from this, what, Eli, what Elijah did and how we can apply it to our lives. The first thing I want to tell you tonight, that it's good to be alone sometimes. It's good to be alone sometimes. Elijah just wanted to be alone. Just wanted to be alone. You ever got to that place where it's like, man, you remember as a kid, a lot of times as kids when you're young, you're just like, just leave me alone. You know, we, and we've said that and sometimes we didn't really mean it, but there's sometimes we do truly mean it. Look at verses 3 and 4. It says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on to be alone in the wilderness, traveling all day long. Listen, being alone is not always a bad thing. It can be, but it's not always a bad thing. Now, let me, let me, let me put a disclaimer here. It can be a bad thing. If you're dealing with depression, long periods of being alone is not good. So I want to encourage you, if you're in here tonight and you're feeling a really low place, you're feeling depressed, don't isolate yourself. I'm not talking about isolation. With this point I'm talking about is periods of, of being alone, and I'm going to get into even more what I mean by that. So I just want to say, if you're in here tonight, first of all, if you're feeling real depressed, real lonely, you know, real, real down, come talk to one of us after the service. So, you know, there's times where it's not good to be alone, long periods and whatnot. But there are times, especially in a world where where we have everything at our fingertips and we're so connected, it's good to be alone sometimes. Elijah just wanted to be known. Now, he was very greatly discouraged, but we'll see what happened when he was alone. And, and, and let me say this. I feel like I need to say this in the day and age we live in with, as I got two pieces of electronics up here, my phone and, and this tablet. You know, uh, just because there's not someone physically with you at the time doesn't mean you're alone. Because if you're connected to this thing and you're reading 
what everybody's preaching? Because guess what? Everybody preaches something, even the heathens. The news media, they preach. The, the, the you know, politicians, they preach. Everybody has a message that they're preaching. Not everybody's preaching the gospel, but everybody has a message that they preach. As a matter of fact, on a good note, though, I was, saw the peace walk that they had two nights ago, and there was a young man that headed that up, and I saw somebody posted, and this young man was preaching. It was good. He wasn't saved. He was giving out some, some explicitives, but he was, he was talking about peace and talking about, you know, just rallying everybody together in unity, and, you know, just, it was just really, really good. And I was listening to it, and I was telling Cassie, when this guy gets saved and he starts preaching the gospel, he's going to be an awesome, awesome preacher. Because he was preaching. He had this whole crowd together. And it was a great message. Like I said, he was preaching against violence and all that. But, you know, everybody's preaching something. So even when you're physically alone or, or knows nobody there, you know, we need to disconnect sometimes to be truly alone. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me? Because we can be alone physically, but if we're on this thing, reading the news, on Facebook, watching videos, you know, uh, you know it, it, and you're really, you're not truly alone. We need to disconnect. We need to unplug to get alone. Back in Elijah's day, he just had to send a servant away, and he was alone. It was him, the trees, and the animals, you know, and it was done, right? And he was alone, but we truly need to unplug. Let me, let me say this as well. We need to unplug from the noise around us and get alone with the Lord. Listen, when you're going through something, it's good to get godly advice. Amen? Wouldn't you agree? When you're going through something, it's good to get godly advice. But you need to stop listening to everyone's opinions. Let me say that again, and you might want to write that down. It's good to get godly advice, but stop listening to everybody's opinion. Well, let me tell you what I think. Well, you know what, man? I'm good. I, again, you, you have, every, you have a, a million people's opinions at your fingertips. Truly being alone is, yes, a godly person, spiritual authority, a friend, someone you look up that you can trust, that's great. But first and foremost, I want to encourage you, it's all right to be alone. Now, listen, some of y'all in here might be like me. That might not be a problem for you. You might actually like being alone. How many of y'all here, let me see your hands if you like, you know, I like getting off and being alone sometimes. Okay, about half of you. You know, me and my wife met, it, we were polar opposites. Like when we met at the time I was single, uh, I had gotten saved, I could spend the whole weekend, literally, I could knock off of work on Friday afternoon and I literally can be alone until I come to church on Sunday morning and thoroughly enjoy my weekend. Like I, it was me and my dog. And it was like, even the dimes, I didn't have my dog. And I was good. You know, that's just my personality. Cassie, on the other hand, she's like, oh, my goodness. She, she loves being around people. She loves, you know, um, you know, so some of us, it's easy for us to do this. For others, it's not. You see, because what happens, especially when you're in a, in a dark time, you're in a low time, people don't want to be alone and don't want things to be quiet and don't want to drown out noise because when you do, then you got to deal with your thoughts. Then you got to deal with your true emotions of what's going on inside. You know, media, movies, you know, music, all that stuff, none of that's bad in itself. But that's, that, that can be constant noise. And, and it can drown out what's really feeling. We know we're feeling something inside. We know we're thinking there's some disturbing stuff. There's some deep, dark stuff going on inside. And you know what? When we get quiet, you have to start dealing with that stuff. And that's what happened with Elijah. He was depressed to the point of death, but he went on to be alone, and we'll see the benefit of that. And we read it. Well, you saw the benefit, but we'll break it down even more. So Elijah began to encounter God in his time alone. Verse 5 says, Then he laid down and slept under the broom tree, but he was 
But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Our best chances to encounter the Lord is when we're alone with him. I didn't say my own, your only chance. I said your best chance. We can encounter God in a setting like this, and we do, and we do. And God speaks to us. I've gotten words in corporate settings. I've gotten direction. Uh, you know, I know that. But I'm telling you, there's something about in the secret place. This is the key. Listen, in the quiet place where the Lord speaks to us. That's why a lot of times we often encourage our, our quiet time, right? And then, look, not always. I, I worship while I'm spending time with the Lord, but there's something about getting alone and being quiet. One of my favorite times of the day is when I get up first thing in the morning. I go grab my coffee. I sit down. Nobody's up in the house. It's just me and my coffee and my Bible. Me and Jesus having coffee and just quiet. I can read. I can pray. Ask the Lord what he's speaking to me, you know, um, because as soon as those doors start opening and those little crumb snatchers start running around the house, the quietness quickly evaporates, right? And listen, we got to work for those times, right? And I love, I absolutely love my little crumb snatchers. They are a blessing. But it's just, right, those of y'all with kids know that. You got to work for it. But I'm telling you, we need to work for this all the time, but especially in a time where everybody's opinions are just thrown out, you know, the freedom of speech and all that, and that's great. But you know what? There's one voice you need to be listening to. And that's what Elijah did. So it's a good thing to be alone. Number two, in this time alone, that's where supernatural things begin to happen. And we must receive supernatural strength during these times. When you get to a point where you don't want to go on anymore, it's when you need something supernatural needs to happen. Look at verses 6 and 8. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. <clears throat> so he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel then the angel of the Lord came again, touched him and said, "Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead of you would be too much." So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength, listen to this, to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Now, there ain't no way that that amount of natural food would sustain you for 40 days and 40 nights. If you're anything like me, I eat and two hours later, I'm hungry again. Can I get an amen? amen. Is it just me? Come on. My name is Brandon and I like to eat. Okay, so... But right, I mean, it, sometimes not even that. Sometimes I'm like 30 minutes late. I'm like, I just ate. Why am I hungry? There ain't no way that some bread and bread and water at that. Some carbs and some water. That's it. And two servants of that kept them going for 40 days and 40 nights. Obviously, it was supernatural, right? An angel of the Lord was preparing the meal for him. So there was something supernatural in that. But this is a good picture. In our lives, the bread represents the word of God. The water represents the spirit of God. Amen. When we get alone with the Lord, there's, there's an unlimited helping of bread, supernatural bread and water. Amen? John 6, 48 and 50, Jesus said this, Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. John 1, 1, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was God, and was with God, and the word was God. This was speaking of Jesus. The Bible, Jesus said he's the bread of life. The Bible says he is the word. The word of God is our daily bread. Amen? We must feed on God's word every day to sustain us through the broken times. And this is the key. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm talking about it on both ends. 
not only to sustain us or to give us strength, you know, when you're down, when you're, when you're hurting. We, we, the, the word of God, I'm telling you, I've said it so many times. The majority of the time the Lord has spoken to me has been through his word. It's been in those times where I'm reading his word and an encouraging word, a direction, a rebuke. Something haps, happens uh, exactly. I read something that I need to hear. But not only that, listen, even if you're not in a, you might be in here tonight like, Brandon, I'm walking in victory. Praise the Lord. Keep on eating. Keep on eating. Because you don't know what journey lies ahead. It said that the food, you remember, would sustain them for the journey that was ahead. Listen, y'all, he didn't know. The angel knew the journey that it had ahead of him. We don't know the journey that's ahead of us. We don't know what's coming down the pipe tomorrow, right? So that's the importance. We always encourage you. I know a lot of y'all in here have been saved a long time. I'm telling you, these nights last night, last night and tonight are awesome. But listen, we got to fill up on the daily bread every day because I don't know the journey that's ahead of me. I don't know. And again, I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of in the morning because my thing is I don't know what's coming down the pipe that day. So I want, I want, I need some bread in the morning. Amen. Some of y'all might not like to eat breakfast. I understand that. So that might be a bad illustration. Again, I like to eat every meal, right? So I want to eat in the morning because if not, that's just, again, the way I'm wired that, you know what, my blood sugar is going to get low and I'm, I'm going to be thinking about food by nine, 10 o'clock, you know. But listen, spiritually, it's the same way. We got to fill up on daily bread each and every day to sustain us through the broken times and prepare us for the, the journey ahead. And it, listen, y'all, again, talking about serve day, it might not even be for you. You need to fill up in the morning because you might need to have to offer some bread to somebody else during the day. Come on, somebody. There might be somebody else that's hungry. You might be filled up to where you can share what you got with somebody else that's broken, hurting, and hungry for real, the bread of life. And, and if, you know what? There's so many times where I've gotten a word like, oh, that was a good word. Cool. And then later on, somebody's talking to me. I'm like, you know, I just read in the word this morning. Yada, 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 and just, you know, like, man, that word was not even for me. It was for this person. I had no idea I was going to talk to that person that day. Amen? And right on cue, as it's raining, we're going to talk about the living waters. Amen? <laughs> I couldn't have planned that no better than that. We must drink from the living waters. John seven thirty seven says this. Jesus, on the climax of the last day, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come and drink or may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from my heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be giving to everyone believing in him. How many people got believing in Jesus tonight? You got rivers of living water flowing from you. But the Spirit has not, had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Listen, we will all have dry times in our lives, and we need to drink from the living water. And what we did tonight, again, to, that's the presence of God. You get filled up. You drink from, from the, the living water of the Holy Spirit by getting in his presence. That's why I took a moment tonight, just even after corporate worship, for just for you to just take some time to just try to connect with God and just get in his presence. You, you know, when you get into the presence of God, you don't always have to have a word. You don't even always know that anything happened. But supernatural stuff happens in the presence of God. So just like that, that water that he drank, there was something in the water. You know that saying like, man, I don't know what's in the water over there. I don't know what was in that water Elijah drank, but it sustained him for 40 days. Amen. If, and if it was anything like the humidity over here, it had to be supernatural, right? You could sweat out a glass of water in Louisiana in like 20 seconds when you walk outside. 
Listen, again, don't wait till you get dry to fill up. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about times past, and right now, even in te- uh, you know Texas or, or California, they're having a drought right now in Southern California. And, and uh, I remember over here when we've had times of drought, I can remember watching the news, and we had a couple like days where it just poured down rain. I was like, man, you know, you know those times you're like, we needed that, man. We need some rain. My grass is dying. My plants are dying. You know, you know all this kind of stuff. And 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 I remember watching the news like, man, this would be good. And the weatherman says, even though we've had two good days of downpour, we're still way below the level that we need to be at. I begin to think about that. You know, spiritually, it's the same thing. You know, like what happened last night in a worship service tonight, that's two good downpourings on your life. But if you're in a drought, it takes constant, regular, sustained drinking to get your flood level back up. Amen? It's the same way. That's why we have to drink every day. That's why good just rain showers like we've been having the last couple of days, afternoon showers, rains a little bit. Man, that keeps, you know, the ground moist, your grass growing, your flowers looking pretty. But it's the same thing with us. Don't wait. When you're in a drought, it takes a lot longer to get out of a drought when you bone dry and, you know, you got cracks in the ground than when you're watering every day, every day. Amen? That, that just was a blessing how right before that point it started raining. That was really cool. It probably is cooler for me because, you know, I, I knew it was coming up. So y'all just humor me for a minute. That, that was a little blessing from the Lord for me. All right. Amen. We need to be constant, get constant eating and drinking. I, I pray that often. I pray for myself. I pray for y'all. Lord, give me a hunger for your word and a thirst for your presence. You've probably heard me pray that up here. Give me a hunger for your word and a thirst for your presence. I encourage you to pray this. I believe that's the prayer of the Lord will answer. Amen. And the Bible says, Jesus said, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, what? Shall be filled. If you hunger and thirst for the word of God and the presence of God, the promise is he'll fill you up. Amen. And that's what happened with Elijah. The same thing will happen for us. Okay, number three. Number three, we need to be honest with the Lord. We need to be honest with the Lord. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you. I just learned this in, in recent years. Actually, the last year or so, God really learned deeply how, how important this is for us to be honest with the Lord. L- look at Eli- what Elijah said in verse 10. Elijah replied, I have zealously, zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenants with you, tore down your altars, killed everyone, your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Basically, Elijah was kind of throwing a fit right there, in essence. Not really. You know, we are a grown man fit. We all do it, right? And woman. Come on, be honest with me. We all do it. We might not get on the ground and kick and scream. We do it. I was telling my wife about one I had the other day. Those computers can make you throw a fit sometimes. Yeah, I began to lay some hard hands on my, on my uh, keyboard the other day. You know, I was just like, you just threw a grown man fit, Brandon. That's what you did. We all do it, right? You get frustrated. You get, he, was, he just was pouring out his heart to the Lord and saying, look, I'm there. This is the only. And well, you saw later that wasn't true. He said, I've, I, I've, I kept 7,000 that have not bowed on the bell. So, but he was being honest. He was so frustrated. He was exasperated. He was scared. He was tired. He was depressed. He was dry. You know, after all of this, he just began to pour out his heart to the Lord and tell the Lord exactly how he felt. In verse 13, again, when the Lord asks Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? He just begins to pour out his heart again. I'll tell you what I'm doing here, Lord. This happened. They're they killing the prophet. Nobody's serving you. I'm the, I'm the only man of God around these parts. See, Elijah was honest with the Lord. He didn't hold back his feelings or emotions. Now, this sounds so simple. 
It sounds elementary because I think if I, if, if I say this, everyone in this building would agree with me. God knows exactly what we're thinking and what we're feeling, right? Will we all agree with that? Okay. But we don't act like that. A lot of times we, we over-religious, get religious with the Lord. And we try to clean up our emotions before they come out. We try to, when we really feeling like, you know, God, I'm just so mad at yada yada. All right, God, how could you let, and even get mad at, you know, all these stuff and things. Sometimes even get mad at God. We, we clean it up before we get it because you know what? I'm a Christian. And you know what? God is holy. And we have to reverence God. We can't talk to God like that. Guess what? Have you ever read the book of Psalms? I want to challenge you. If you haven't carefully, I want you to go through the book of Psalms and read how David would talk to the Lord. Now, he wasn't irreverent. He wasn't disrespectful, all this kind of stuff. But go read David. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Read some of the book of Psalms. David says things like, God, I wish that you would knock their teeth out and, and, and that their, their babies would be dashed on a stone. I, I, I wish, I hope that their, their wives are going to be widows and that their children are going to be orphans. I pray, Lord, that they would suffer more than I ever said. Go read. That's he, he, David just lets it out. He just gets how he feels to the Lord. But in the end, David comes back and says, but Lord, I know you're good. But Lord, you see, but, but the thing about it is, is that the Lord already knows how we're feeling. So you know what? You're going to feel better if you get that stuff out. You're going to feel better if you let the Lord know how you feel. Think about this. Have you ever just talked to somebody, you know, like, man, I just need to get something off my chest. Maybe you plan a, you have a good friend, somebody you trust, and you can just kind of let it rip, right? And you talk to them. And I've, I've had people come to sit in my office, and, and they wanted counsel from me or from a pastor. And they've come sit in my office, and I just let them talk. And by the end of the, the session, they're like, man, I feel better. I really hadn't told them anything. They just came in my office and unloaded on me. And, I'm just, and then I'll pray with them and give them a few encouragement. But really, at the end of the day, he's like, man, that feels better just talking about it. And I really didn't do anything. I was just like, well, good, let's pray, you know. So think about this. I, I want to encourage you here. And we've all been there, right? You've, you've unloaded on somebody and you feel like, whew, just getting it out felt better. It feels better when you get that stuff out to someone that just listens to you, even if they can't help you. How much more letting out all our emotions to the Lord and he can help you? How much better to be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm feeling. God, this is where I am. But would you help me? But listen, don't try to sugarcoat it. He knows it anyway. I wonder what God thinks like, oh, look, you're trying to be all pious and all like cleaning it up and all that. Okay, you forget. I like see your thoughts and I know. And you know what I mean? Like you just, this, you know, listen, I've, I've been there. Like I said, just recently I've learned to like, this is where I'm at. Amen. So be honest with the Lord. Look, speaking of Psalms, listen to what, listen to what David says. Psalm 62, 8. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Pour out your heart. That don't mean just like open it up like a little trickle and let it run down and like, oh, wait, let me close it up. That was kind of hard. God going to be mad at me if I say that. I'm going to open it up a little bit. No, David says pour out your heart. You know why he said that? Because that's what he would do. I'm telling you. Read through the book of Psalms and look at it. Go in there saying like, I wonder how David prayed to the Lord. I, I remember, I know 
I've been seeing this for years because I love praying the Psalms out loud. I love like, because it's a, something, I, I sense the anointing when I'm praying, because a lot of them are prayers and, and songs. But I'll be honest, there's been times as I'm reading the Psalms out loud, I'm feeling the anointing, I'm praying. I like skip over verses, or I get quiet, I don't skip over. But as David starts going on his rants, I'm like, Lord, you are awesome, you are good. Then I'm like, I ain't saying that. That's... <laughs> But, Lord, you are our refuge and you are our strength. And I'm, I literally do that because I'm like, this is like, that's David. That ain't me, God. I ain't saying that. That was David like you know, thousands of years ago because David knows how to, pour, he knew how to pour his heart out before the Lord. And I just had this thought. I wonder if that was why he was, one of the reasons he was a man after God's own heart because he always poured his heart out to the Lord. Oh, that's good right there. Praise the Lord. Maybe that's why. Think about that. We can talk to the Lord about anything and everything. Tell him where you're at, what you're feeling. And again, remember, he will help you. Amen? And this is where we'll, we'll, we'll land the plane. Last, last thing I want to show is that after Elijah was honest, opened himself up to the Lord, we need to do this last thing. We must listen for and to the Lord's voice. Because it's good to pour out your heart to the Lord. We have to. We got to get it all out. Get it out. But you know what? First of all, this all builds itself. Get alone with him. Drink from the, the waters, eat from the bread, the word in his presence. Be honest with him. Let it all out. But then listen. What is the Lord telling you? It might be during your reading time. It might be afterwards just in, in, in some, some worship. But we must listen far into the, the Lord's voice. Verse 11 through 13, excuse me. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Some translations you might be familiar with says there was a still, small voice. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, went out, and stood at the entrance of the cave. That was Elijah listening for the Lord's voice. Now this is him listening to his voice. Verse 15, then the Lord told him, go back the way that you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. And I read it earlier for time's sake. We need to wrap it up. He gave him further instruction. Remember, told him who to anoint, who was going to kill who and do all that. You remember, told him to go down to Abbeville and stuff like that. So... He told him, so he gave him clear instruction, right? So he listened for and listened to the Lord's voice. Listen, the Lord will give you clear direction, instruction, strength, et cetera, et cetera, when you listen to him. Again, you remember I said earlier about listening to everybody's opinion? We need to listen to the Lord's voice. The Lord don't give us his opinion. He gives us direction. He don't give us a suggestion. He gives us clear uh, uh, instruction. Amen? Listen to Isaiah 30, 21 says, Your own ears will hear him. Listen, right behind you a voice will say, This is the way you should go, whether it be to the right or to the left. The Lord will give you clear instruction and direction. Hey, turn right. Go right. Go here. Go there. The Lord will give us clear direction and instruction in our life if we're listening for him and listen to him. Hebrews 3.15 says this, remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. 
And then in verse 18, he says, you remember because in, during uh, his, his rant, he was pouring out his heart to the Lord. He said, man, nobody else serves you but me. They're all pagans. They all bow down to Baal. And what the Lord said, yet I preserved 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Not only did the Lord give Elijah direction and in, instruction, he encouraged him. I love that. At the end, he told him what he needed to do, where you know, he needed to go. But then he encouraged him. He said, no, you know what, brother? You're not alone. That's what he was saying. There's 7,000 others just like you that have not bowed down to Baal. You got, you got an, uh, some others. So he encouraged him at them. And, you know, that's, again, when you get in his presence, you get alone. Because I don't know about y'all, 90 per, 95% of the time, the news ain't encouraging. You ever find that out? I'm like, so-and-so got shot. So-and-so, they, so I was like, man, okay, I'm done. You know, it's like. You know, and then they're like, oh, you know, the heart of Acadian. And it's like one little, you know, or, you know, cool schools or whatever it is. You know, they do some good stuff. But uh, so much of the stuff is like, negative now, right? Again, let's go back to the man after God's own heart. See, David knew this too. That's why the Bible says that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Even back then, before news and social media and all that, David had to encourage himself in the Lord. And this was in the context of when he was in caves and they were chasing him and trying to kill him. He had nobody else to encourage him. Again, David was alone and had to encourage himself in the Lord. Amen? James 4, 8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then Psalm 73 and 28, it says, but as for me, it is good to be near to God. You know, I'm sure after all that, Elijah thought, man, uh, this is the best decision I made. Going to get alone in the wilderness, sending my servant away and getting alone with the Lord. Amen. Because we see as he went on, he didn't just die. He got taken up to heaven. He never even died. He, he was able to pass his man on to Elisha, who did even greater miracles, leave a legacy, got taken up into heaven. Him and only one other person in the Bible we know got taken up like that. I bet you he was glad and he went. Listen, the best place to be in life is near to the Lord. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me? <clears throat> if you don't mind, just go ahead and bow your head with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. <clears throat> you know, so where are you at tonight? Maybe, you know, maybe it's not, you know, maybe again, last night, today, maybe gave you a good shot in the arm even before that. Maybe you've been doing these things and that's great. I want to encourage you to continue on. If you like me and it's not a problem to be alone with the Lord and you may not have a problem being honest with the Lord, you 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 daily getting in the word in his presence, you know, um, or, or whatnot and you listen to his voice, but maybe, maybe you're not, maybe you're in a place, maybe it has to do with all this stuff that was going on and, you know, you have some high times and some low times, mixed emotions or maybe something else in your life personal going on. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to get alone and unplug. Get alone with the Lord. Stop listening to everybody's opinions and listen to the Lord's voice. Get connected. Be honest. Come on, don't sugarcoat it. Be honest and just, just pour out your heart before the Lord as David did, as Elijah did. Listen for his voice. But you know, as I read in, 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 in James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Whatever head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe there's some in here tonight that you've never drawn close to the Lord. You never felt the Lord's closeness because you've never been in a relationship with Jesus. 
You've never been in a relationship with him. You've never accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Listen, the Bible says that he loves you so much that he, he died on the cross for you. and he, he took your place. And tonight, he wants you to be near. Maybe you're here tonight you never even know you could be close to God. That you can be near to God. But we see all through scripture and we know that we can be close. But it starts with, with acknowledging that, that we've fall short, that we're sinners and that, and that you know, we've broken God's laws. But Jesus paid the fine for us. And we have to acknowledge that and ask the Lord to forgive us and to come into our lives. And then we begin a relationship where we can be near to him. So whatever head, body, every cloud, eye closed. If you say, Brandon, I'm not even sure I'm right with God. I've never felt God's presence. I've never been near to the Lord because I've never acknowledged him even or accepted him or asked him to forgive me of my sins. And, you know, if I die tonight, man, I don't even know where I'd go. I, I don't know if I'd spend eternity in heaven or hell. If you're not sure tonight, I want to take this opportunity. If that's not, if that's you and you say, Brandon, I want to make sure I'm right with God. I just want you to slip up your hand and I want to pray. I want to pray a simple prayer with you if that's you anybody in here say I, I, I need to get right with God I want to know the Lord I need to get saved I need to be born again anybody in here tonight thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Father God hallelujah amen well praise the Lord thank you Jesus amen well for the rest of us in here everybody's right with God everybody's walking with the Lord that's great Come on, I just want to encourage you. I just want to pray over you right now. Maybe some of you say, you know, I gotta, I, 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 I kind of feel like I'm in a low place, I'm in a dry place, and I, and I want you to pray for me. Just lift your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come down. Let's just pray corporately. I see hands going up. Okay, I'm in a dry place. Keep your hands up. You got your hand raised. Both, raise both hands to the Lord right now and say, I'm in a dry place. I need to be watered. I, I, need, I need God's presence in my life. Father, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters with their hands raised right now. And Father, I just pray, Lord God, just for a good soaking, a good drenching of your presence. Father, I pray that you would show, him, show them Lord, how they can get alone with you, how they can get in your presence and drink from the living water, Lord God, and feed on the word of God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you help him, help them, Lord God, every single person with their hands raised. Lord God, I just pray, refresh them. Lord God, help them. Lord, just as we heard the rains coming down on this place tonight, spiritually, Lord God, rain down your presence, rain down your glory, Lord God, on each and every person. Help them to get alone, to block out the noise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, help them and all of us come on let's pray over all of us Lord help us to continue to be disciplined to, to get along with you and to, to unplug Lord God and, and Lord just to listen for your voice and when you speak to listen to your voice Lord give us Lord God the grace and the strength to Lord God obey everything it is that you're telling us to do we thank you that your nearness is so good for us we thank you that you are very present help very near in our time of need Father I pray your blessing your grace be upon everyone as they go tonight Lord in Jesus name we pray amen and amen well God bless y'all if you need prayer for anything uh, we'll be up here remember sign up for serve day if you haven't signed up yet sign up for one of those out there we love y'all be safe and God bless <laughs>